This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Dramatic pause. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Dramatic pause is a go-to for podcasters, presidents, and radio voiceovers it makes you look really smart even if you're not feet deserve a go-to like that like hey do choose light comfy good to go to Welcome to the College Talk Full-Time. I'm Russ Goldman, and joining me again is Max Cohen. This show is our initial reaction to the 1-1 draw for Fulham against Watford at Craven Cottage. This was an insane match. We will go into much more detail on our post-match show and our player rating show. This is our initial reaction show, so I'm just going to go right to you, Max. Give me your initial reaction to what we watched. Yeah, it was certainly intense. We said that uh, right before recording, but I mean... It's it's a good point. I think overall, I think I can be happy with the point considering the first half was a was a was a mess in many ways. The defense was not sorted out, and it, it took a lot of guts for Salisa to go in halftime and make some big changes. He did. It, he took off Mawson, um, and he took off McDonald. And fair credit to him, all the substitutions he made changed the match. And I think Fulham fans may be really pleased with that last half hour of play. That was a Fulham I think we, we know and love. They could have nicked it at and the end. Let's very be close to nicking it at that the opportunity with Mitro. Yeah. So. If that head was a little bit lower from that corner, I think we win it and an amazing result. But overall, I think we're only the second team in the league to take points off Watford this season, you know, after their unbeaten start. Um, and I think we should be proud of that. 
they're a good side. They they're tough. They're, yeah, they're fourth in the league when you play them, and you can't. That didn't flatter them. I think they're a very good side, and we 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 played decently. And after the changes we made, I think that's the most encouraging part is that we could adapt to it. But again, I think we'll talk about this a little bit later. The defense just needs sorting out in the worst way. In in the very worst way, we need to find our find find our our shape and our solidity because it's really desperately missing. And I don't really know if there's an easy fix to that right now. Okay, well, there's a lot going on with that defense. And uh, let's just say the first half was horrible, terrible, going on with adjectives to describe how bad it was. And Savisa made some changes at halftime that I agree with you. I think changed the match. Also changed the formation. How much of a factor was that as well, Max? We'll We'll talk about the substitutions in just a second, but he did change the formation as well. Yeah, that's really significant because we don't see that often with Slavisa. It was kind of coming right after probably the biggest point in his management uh, career where there's been so much, so many questions over the formation when he said, I'm not going to change it for way Manchester City. And we said, okay, that's Slavisa being very rigid in his philosophy. And then he goes and changes it right at halftime against Watford the very next week. Yep. So somewhat surprising, I'd say. But, you know, I think it worked to great effect. And I think who who would have thought Florida Ite would come into the match uh, for <laughs> Kevin McDonald and really, I think, influence the match in, in a major way. I think his substitution right. is something that, you know, a lot of people might scoff at. And I certainly was surprised when it happened. But, hey, I think it worked. And, you know, when we see the style of play, how he changed, um, I think you have to give some credit, credit to Ayite there. Absolutely. And uh, our very good friend, Yanis. Uh, I'm curious his thoughts of uh, the play of Florida We know how he feels about him, but he did make an impact, and I'm glad that you mentioned that. Also want to mention, because this goes back to before the match began, I wanted to see Nguisa. I thought Nguisa made an impact when he came on later on in the match, Max. That's another substitution that worked, and it gets you scratching your head. Why didn't Nguisa start? Yeah, I'm with you there, but I'm, I'm kind of torn about Nguisa because we saw, I think, the best of both worlds with it. Or not the best, his kind of duality. You know, he can be incredibly powerful, influence a match, try audacious things. Yep. But on the, on the other hand, he can lose a ball in, in just the he worst did. areas, terrible decision-making sometimes. And I think that might be the, the determining factor. Felisa okay. just says he's not – he's not conf- he's too confident almost. He's not solid enough to start from the off because he just does things that are too unpredictable in bad situations, I think. Maybe he just needs to learn the league, what he can do and what he can't do. And maybe coming off the bench, that's the thinking behind it. That that makes sense. I would have started with him, but obviously you've mentioned the good and the bad because there was bad and the, that was a scary situation. You know, again, these bad passes that we've seen, they can't afford to make these mistakes, Max. And let's go right to the first goal. You know, again, I just started my breakfast and here we go. And they score two minutes in. What was going through your mind when you saw this? Because I'll just say it, and I'm sure most fans will say the same thing. Here we go again. I mean, it was abs- it was an absolute disaster at the back. Not many goals are, are as sloppy as that one. And it all starts off, I'd say, is, is a missed header by Mawson. Uh, that's poor. I think he had a terrible match. And yep. very, very, we can unpack that a bit later. But that was <laughs> shocking. I, I don't know how much uh, money we paid for him and whether he's – the player we thought he would be or while well, he's taking a long time to adapt or coming back from injury, whatever reason he was very much off the pace. And then after Moss and it, it just kind of hits chambers. He isn't, he isn't expected it bounces off him. And then there's just a tangle of bodies and you can say Cessignon gets sucked in a bit, leaving Andre Gray open. And I think that's fair, but a lot of players kind of fail to do their job. A lot of missed clearances and they just kind of find his way to Andre Gray and, and it's one nil within two minutes. And it's just like last week, as you said, it, it's just like a sucker punch. 
I mean, I we I just woken up and you're thinking, I, I didn't even have time to react after that. It's a game that just started and you're already down one nil. I mean, as a fan, that's that's devastating. I can't even imagine what it's like for a player because you spent the entire week preparing for this match and your game plan goes out the window within, you know, 90 seconds. So I think that being said, I think Fulham did quite well, you know, they to did. kind of weather the storm, not let their heads drop too much and keep it at the one nil. Um, but it's just so frustrating when you spent, you know, the entire week, your entire, you know, process is thinking, okay, we're going to try to start on the front foot and then you go one nil down. Oh. It's just so frustrating. What's very frustrating, and this is what we can get into more in, in the post-match, but I just want to share my initial reaction to this. When I was at halftime, again, in between the two halves, and I'm thinking, I don't see how they can turn this around because I thought Watford played very well, and I thought even though the possession numbers, I believe, were pretty similar, that they were the better team in the first half, and I'm thinking, how can we turn this around? Obviously, Savisa made the changes, and he uses the word often, need to be brave. Well, he was brave with this decision to change things up because it needed to, Max. It, it just wasn't working in the first half. We say this often, but this was a match of two halves, but I think I even want to drill even farther into it. And I want to say, what, the last 20 minutes, Fulham were on the front foot and looked like the better side, but it took so long to get to that point. Yeah, and there has to be questions over, you know, why are we slow starters? Because this is a game I think everyone wanted to start on the front foot. Right. You know, we targeted this match. We have a really tough run of fixtures ahead of us um, in terms of Everton and Arsenal. Uh, and this is there was going to be tough matches. I think this is the most winnable match of the lot. And although we didn't win, I think it might be because of that slow start. Um, because you always want to get the first goal at home. And once you don't get that first goal, it just sets you such a mountain to climb for, for the rest of the match. And it, it just it just a whole challenge and fair play to Dennis Adoy coming in at halftime because I don't, I think a lot of people were happy, you know, that he dropped to the bench after a performance last weekend. Um, and they said, listen, Moss and Chambers, this is going to be a good combination of players who've played with each other, um, you know, in, in the England youth setup before. So they had, theoretically have some knowledge of how each other play, but it just didn't work at all. And I think both were honestly pretty poor today. And Dennis Adoy, you know, who would have thought he would have come in at halftime. He's the guy who's sorting it out. Um, but I thought he played excellently. And, you know, he has to start next week, I think. It's uh, crazy. He did play well. And uh, I keep going back to this, you know, because in my mind, I'm thinking something drastically has to change, Max. And obviously it did. And the level of play went up. But uh, obviously a player that we have to talk about, because I was talking about in the preview, the view of the opposition. I was curious how Watford would be able to handle Mitrovic. And, Thought they did a decent job on him, but in the end, Mitrovic got his goal, and like we talked about, could have scored the winner. Yeah, again, just hits the crossbar. So let's talk about the job that Mitro did here. Oh, superb. I think he's a great example of a striker who never lets his head drop because that first half was what must have been really annoying for him. Getting no opportunities, Fulmer on the back foot. He's barely had a touch. And then when he's given the opportunity in the second half, he just takes it brilliantly. And you're right, he could have had the winner. And he could have even had a hat trick, you know, when he had that audacious long range effort that Foster did well to, to tip wide later on. You know, it was such a good performance for him because he just springs into life. When he's given a chance, he just takes it so well. And, and his, his run, his movement to get past Cabaselli to, to get that flick on for his goal was just so elite. And he's so on form right now. Whenever there's a ball in the box, you just tip him to get an end of it. And the thing about Mitrovic, for me, that is most impressive is that he's dangerous so, from so many positions. You know, you can't only say he's good at getting on the end of crosses. 
He's good at chasing down defenders. He's good at just bullying the center backs, tiring them down and getting the opportunities. And he can have a strike from long distance. He's the ultimate, you know, he can say dual threat, triple threat. I think anywhere on the pitch, he, he's a threat for us. Um, and, you know, he's joined top scorer in the Premier League. We have to look back and say, that's an amazing achievement. You know, along with Eden Hazard, it's Alexander right. Mitrich at the top of the charts. Okay, very good. I want to ask you this because, again, we're talking about initial reaction. And I was messaged from our co-host, Emilio Danello, who uh, is away this week. And uh, he just asked me, again, this is at halftime, did we miss Kearney? So I'm going to ask you the question. Did Fulham miss Kearney? Oh, yes. I think if Kearney's fit, then, you know, Johansson isn't playing and we have a much more fluid style of play. He's our captain. He's yeah, so I agree. crucial to how we play. I think a lot of our struggles can be say we miss Kearney. But the biggest, the biggest absence for me is uh, Tim Ream, you know. Well, I was just about to go there. I was going to do it one at a time. You jumped the gun there, my friend. That's okay. Go ahead. Talk about Tim Ream. Yeah, because, no, un- undoubtedly, yeah. Because we've been talking about we talked about it last week. And when you watch this and you watch how unsettled this team, especially when you're going against a team with this press, they look, again, just so nervous back there. And you know you have Tim Ream, who's calm, cool, and collected, and knows – the way that Savisa wants to play and can make the passes that some of these guys in the back might not be as confident in Savisa's system yet to do it. Yeah, right now we're just so nervous from playing on the So back. nervous. We give away the ball so many times. There's Need no coolness play. to it. They are yeah. so nervous. And, and it, it reminds it, me yeah. of going back to the championship, and I know <laughs> this is going way back, but this was a match against Aston Villa at Aston Villa at Villa Park where we were just nervous, gave up a cheap goal, and uh, – it's stuff like that, you know, that this remind me of a couple seasons ago. Yeah, and we really thought we kind of cut out that type of play from our system where we just cheap, cheaply give it away when they're trying to play out of the back. And I think you're right. Tim Ream is uh, a, a major reason to why we are so confident because I, I just think back to an instance in this match when Chambers had the ball, um, got easily dispossessed by Deeney, and they really should have scored. Um, but luckily, Dennis yeah. already made a good challenge. If Tim Ream's in that position, I would never be worried. I would think he's going to turn out of it. He's going to do a fake, fake the defender out, play up field. He's going to make a good pass. When Chambers or Mawson touched the ball today, every time they had it in a position, you know, in, in their own half with players closing them down, I was nervous. And he just Chambers don't have made that, that mistake in the yeah. second half. And you know, again, like I believe you mentioned, we were fortunate not to be beat by that mistake. Yeah, it's it's, it's just frustrating to see that you know we can't do it effectively because playing on the back is so central to how we play. You know, yeah. that, that, that is basically our philosophy. And if we can't do that, we're just going to keep giving away the ball, keep giving away cheap chances. And luckily, you know, Watford only scored the one goal today. I think without, if not for Marcus Bednell, I think it could have been worse. He made an excellent save, you know, to deny Andre Gray when Mawson yep. didn't in it. What was he thinking on that back header? That's, that's amateur stuff. And, and I just keep going to it because we had such high expectations for Alfie Mawson. He was someone who was coveted by a lot of big teams going to the summer. He was someone we thought really could shake up our defense and give us more stability. And, you know, he's just contributing to more instability now. And perhaps I'm being a bit harsh on him. He is coming back from injury. But it, it's been a while now. And a player of his quality, I think, really should do better. Okay, very good there. Max, okay, we'll be doing a post-match show on Sunday. We're recording this on Saturday. So – there's plenty to really unpack, and one of the things that I want to ask you, because obviously we're, we're watching this here in the States, we're watching this on the NBC Sports Network, 
want to ask you this because I've heard a lot of talk about this. We'll, we'll talk about the penalty shouts. You know, we could talk about all that. But this is one I want to ask you about. The uh, yellow card on Fosu Mensa. Should that have been a red? Uh, it's a tough one. I think he was, he was, a, high, it was a high challenge. It, it was studs up. And I think any other referees, that's probably red. You know, Martin Atkinson, very lenient today. I'm going to give him credit. I thought he man, uh, he managed the game very effectively. You know, both sides probably could be a little bit disappointed with calls, but he was consistent. And that's ultimately what you want in a referee. Foster Mensa, it's, it's a high challenge. It's late. He doesn't get anywhere near the ball. I think one factor that might have influenced it, just looking back on the replay, I think Severi was actually partially blocking the view of Atkinson on that challenge. That's what I think. So maybe he didn't get a full view of it because it was late, it was reckless, it was studs up, and it was almost on the upper. It was high, high up his foot. Yep. I think that really could be red. That's what I thought at the time, and I just want to be honest when we do these shows. You know, we're going to call it both ways. I mean, we're going to call it the way that we see it. We're not going to be just saying it because we're Fulham supporters that we didn't think. We, we have to be honest on this, and uh, I agree with you on that. So I think Fulham uh, got a little bit of a break there. So that's why I just wanted to mention that before we uh, – Wrap this up, my friend, and I look forward to doing the post-match show. And uh, what's great about doing it is that it gives us a, another day to really think about things and go into more detail. This is just reaction. So let's leave it here. Is this uh, a good point for Fulham? Is this two points dropped? Thoughts on just the result? Yeah, you know, it, it really tells you how much about football's uh, perspective. You know, going into the season, this is a match I think everyone would have targeted for the win. That's right. You know, after Watford win their first four matches of the season, everyone says, now listen, this is a much different match. And everyone said, I'll take a point. And then once we go down 1-0, I think everyone's obviously going for the point. The point's what we have to settle for. But then you think, we could have won it so close. So there's so many moments where your expectations are altered. But I think all things considered, it's a very good point because we went down, because Watford are a good side, and the way we fought back was impressive. Okay. It would have been nice to get three points, but, you know, it's the Premier League and we'll have to take the points where you can get them. When you go down a goal, and again, if you look and really just analyze that first half and you think, how can they get anything from it? And you find a way to get a point and you look dangerous with the possibility of getting all three points. I think you learned something about your side. I think we learned a little bit about Savisa. He's willing to make changes. He did. And uh, he was being brave for himself and for the club because that was a, a decision that uh, not every manager makes. Let's be honest. You know, again, we've seen this with several managers. Not everyone will make that decision. He did it at halftime. Thankfully, he did, and I think it worked. So I'm going to say it's a good point, and uh, I penciled it in as three points, and I just want to say I don't know if I gave enough credit to Wofford. They are a very good side, and they actually match up very well against Fulham. When I went on the uh, show prior, the preview show, I said I thought it was a good matchup for Fulham. It's actually in the reverse after watching it, this was a very good matchup for them, the way that they play against Fulham, because they press and they did not give us the space. They made it difficult. So it's definitely uh, a good point and not two points dropped. That's the way I'm going to look at it. All right, my friend, great show. Let's wrap this up. We will be back with a post-match show on Sunday, but it is time to go. For my co-host, Max Cohen, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cottage Talk. Whether taking a road trip to the beach heading to the mountains, or driving to the city. Summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, 
like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.